Second Corinthians 8, 1 to 24. And it's titled, I'm reading the NIV, The Collection for the Lord's People. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the lost people. Five, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your path. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it. According to your means, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will, will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty would supply what you need. The goal is equality, as it is written. The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm on his own initiative. And we are sending along with him the, the brother who is praised by all the churches. 
for his service to the gospel. What is more, he has chosen, he was chosen by the churches to accompany us as we carry the offering which we administer in order to honor the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. We want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift. For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. In addition, we are sending with them a brother who has often proved to us in many ways that he is zealous. And now even more so because of this grace confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you. As for your brothers, they are representatives of the churches and an honor to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see it. Amen. Amen. God's own special lady. A woman after God's own heart. Somebody who leads by example. Our very own Dr. Reverend Dora Borti will bless our hearts with the word of God. Amen. Yes, it's God alone because he alone deserves our praise because he's in a league all by himself. Chelsea can be there with Manchester U. Arsenal can be there with Tottenham Spurs. My team, Liz. Liz, I don't know what happened to Liz. I don't talk about it too much. It hurts my heart too much. But I went into Chelsea, you see. So Chelsea can be there with Manchester. Manchester United is creeping on the heels of Chelsea. We are number four, you know. And but those people can be in a league. They can't be in a league by themselves, you see. Man, you can compare with City. Liverpool can compare with us now. They form a league. But you mention God. He's alone. Nobody, nobody, he, nobody can be near him. Uncomparable. In a league all by himself. Because he's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-seeing. And this morning, you and I have come to worship this God. And to hear what he has to say to us. And Jesus would often say, let those who have ears hear what the Spirit says. So it's always a privilege to bring the word of God. And it's humbling to say, that says the Lord. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are Lord, you are God, and there's none like you. 
Father, your word comes forth to us this morning. Father, give us ears to hear, hearts to listen, and hearts that would be obedient unto you. Lord, I pray that you give me utterance. Let me speak that which is in my heart that you have given. And Father, oh Father, I stand on your word that says that your word will not return to you empty and that your word will do that for which you have sent it. So Lord, even as your word comes, would it, I pray, settle on each and everyone here and that word will not return to you until that word has done that for which you sent it on that person. Father, even if they resist, Lord, your word will not return to you until it has done the work for which you have sent it on that person. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. So shalom to all of us. Shalom, God's peace, God's rest, God's wholeness. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And today we're talking about worshiping the Lord with our substance. So worship the Lord with your substance. And um, it is a sober, very sober uh, topic, the way I'm going to look at it. The passage that we read from Corinthians, um, I think last year, later, um, the last quarter, I think it was, I dealt with that extensively. We'll come to that, just to touch it um, and relate it to the topic. There's another passage that I'm going to use to open up the topic, but finally, we should land on the Corinthians passage. So today's subject, worshiping the Lord with our substance, is very, very sobering. When we say sober, we're talking about something being serious, being solemn, being thought-provoking, uh, being grave, being serious-minded. It is sobering, and it's going to leave us feeling very sober. So when I say this message is sobering, why am I saying so? Why am I saying so? Only because of this. The question mark, this is uh, like a mathematical something. The, it's a minus. The question mark minus the, the 21, 36, 56, uh, 60, 64, the various numbers there. The question mark represents what Psalm 139 says. And I think the 15th verse or 16th verse says, All the days ordained for me were written in his book before one of them came to be. So for me and for you, all the days that he has ordained for Dorabote were written in his book before one of them came to be. But it just says that those days have been ordained and written in his book. But the number of those days have not been shown to Dorabote. So Dorabote does not know the number of days. So it's the question mark. But you see, Dora Button knows how old she is today. And so, <laughs> I wish I was tw still 21, but I'm not 21. You can find your age 
No, your age will come under the question mark. And so when you take your age, and your age is subtracted from all the days ordained for you, it would equal the days left for you and for me. But I don't know the days. And so if I'm 64 going on 65, and all the days ordained for me is 66, God has not, I'm celebrating my birthday. I'm now going to stop to say God has added one more year to my life. It is God has subtracted one more year from my life. <laughs> hey, this is supposed to be sobering. You are laughing. You are going to let my message be something, no? He has not added one more year. He has subtracted ah, from all the days he has ordained for me. And I'm left with that. But you see, I still don't know the that. And so I have to live like that that is tonight. That that is tomorrow. And that is sobering. I know my age right now. I don't know how many days he has ordained for me. And so with that as a perspective, we act the way we should. And it is sobering also because of Cain and Abel. Because it matters how we give. It matters our offering, how we receive it, how we give it the substance we have. You see, not worshiping rightly with one's substance, and in this case, not worshiping rightly with his substance was the beginning of Cain's problem, which eventually led to murder. So that given, it is that important. And we are being asked to worship the Lord with all our substance. And this is a spiritual exercise to the core. It is the sure way to shine. Giving is a spiritual exercise. If we do it right. And when we talk about our substance, we are referring to our wealth, our fortune, our riches, our money, our properties, our estates, our possessions. So our substance, our giving, is not just in the money, the physical, the CD that we'll bring, we'll put it in an envelope and drop it in the offering bowl. It is more than that. We're talking about, we are talking about our possessions. We're talking about our possessions, our fortune, our money, our estates, our possessions, our property, our lands. And it will surprise us to know that Jesus talked more about our substance than about any other subject in the Bible. Do you think it was for nothing that he spent so much time talking about our substance? No, because you see, our substance and its issues have a way of capturing us like nothing else. I've read about people killing others for 25 pesos. 
for 50 pennies. But you see, the purpose of the substance is to show us how much he loves us and also so we can be a blessing to others. Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. God says to Abraham, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to the nation. I will bless you. I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. Oh, no, not to make you great so that you can sit on your greatness and walk like someone who owns everything so that you can show off, so you can do all manners of things that are not pleasing. No, I will bless you for one purpose so that you can be a blessing to others hallelujah Amen. hallelujah and second corinthians 9 verse 11 you'll be made rich you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be so that so that so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to god not that you will be blessed so that you can change a car every day of the week. You are not going to be blessed so you can, everybody will know how much you have. You will be blessed so that you can be a blessing. And that is the purpose of the substance that we have. But you see, to understand better the topic we are dealing with, it becomes necessary to understand, to have some understanding. And why? Why understanding? Matthew 13, verse 23. Matthew 13, verse 23, please. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. It is he who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, and thirty times. In other words, the seed is the word of God. And when that seed falls into the ground, or you, you hear the word of God, with understanding, it is only with understanding that it yields, that there's a yield, a hundred, sixty, thirty. So that understanding is of extreme importance. Let's look at 13 verse 9. Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the message, and message is coming today. Message came last week. Message will come next week. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not, what? Am I the only one reading? Does not, what? <laughs> does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sold in the heart. So the word of God will come. That's the seed. The seed to, with regards to your marriage. There's a word for how you should order yourself in your marriage. There's a word as to how to order yourself in the business place. There's a word, a seed for anything and everything that you are involved in. So, so when that seed comes, he says, you must have understanding. You must understand it. For that seed, for that word to work, you must, you must understand it. And if you don't understand it, I don't want the devil to come and snatch anything from me. No, 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 no. You must understand it. And so that takes us to Psalm 119, verse 73. 
Your hands made me and formed me. Oh God, you made me. You knitted me in the secret place. You made me. You formed me. So give me understanding so that I might know what is pleasing to you. So I might follow your commands. If you are here this morning, you want understanding. Let's take a moment. Take a moment right now. Just 20 seconds and pray. And say, Lord, give me understanding. Give me understanding. If you don't understand, the devil will come and snatch. I don't know how the devil does that. But he will come and he will snatch the word away from you. Let us pray. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, give us understanding. Amen. What do we want to understand to be able to worship the Lord with our substance? Ownership and still worship. Hey, ownership and still worship. And the question is, who owns your substance? Who owns your substance? And this is going to... Who owns your substance? You see, the thing about it is not so much the size of the substance. Who owns this? Your property, your money, your estates, the lands that you have, the cars that you have, the houses that you have. Who owns them? The bicycle that you have. Oh, people, they're, they're spoiling my preaching. That you have, who owns it? After you give your tithe, which is this of this one, who owns this one? Oh, a lot of people say, Oh, I gave him my tithe. This one belongs to me. I can do whatever I want with this one. Oh, yeah. I've given him my tithe. I make I make five thousand. I've given him five hundred, ten percent. This one, it be mine. Church, you want some of this to do what? To do this to help shashi kids, to help the children, to help the library, to help this. This one is mine. Oh yeah. Ownership. Who owns this? That, when we have an understanding, the right understanding, then we'll know how to do. Mm. It is yours as far as you have been made a steward of it. So you see, senior pastor's substance is not my substance. Senior pastor's substance is his substance because it's been given to him to hold in trust. And I've been given mine to hold in trust. So ultimately, ultimately, we are stewards and not owners of the substance. And when you understand 
that we are passing through that so the sea another thing we need to understand when you understand that we are passing through have no permanent residence here so there's no attachment to the substance i'm just holding on to this i'm passing through this world is not my home i'm just a passing through my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue the angels beckon me And I can't in this world anymore. I have no friend like you. If heaven is not my home, then Lord, what will I do? It is about not feeling at home in this. If I'm, I know this is my permanent place, and I'm staying here, and I'm, I'm not going anywhere, and there's nothing ahead of me. Then this thing, I'm going to hold on to the, my substance. I'm going to hold on to it. But I know my treasures are not here, and I move. I do, I'm not attached to it. So attached to it that I don't give. So when we understand this. It will help us in our substance. On this, I have the, the outer big circle is foresight. The, in, um, the next one is insight. And then the, the small circle is hindsight. Hindsight is the same as my past. Insight is my present. Foresight is my future. So when I'm giving my offering or I have something and I need to give it away, I'm thinking that, oh, my hindsight, what the Lord has done for me. Where I am now, my future, my treasures are not here. My treasure is in heaven. My treasure for any time I make a deposit here in the life of somebody. Any time I give to the church. Any time I make use of that substance here. I am laying up for myself treasures. And Jesus, Jesus Christ... Is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, hindsight. Today, insight. And forever, foresight. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He who is insight, who was hindsight, who is to come, foresight. As a result of that, I can give, and I can give without pain. Because it's the same yesterday who took care of Elijah. What Jesus has done. So when we realize what Jesus has done for us. Hindsight. In order to do something in us. Insight. So that he might do something through us. is foresight. What he has done for us. What he has done for us. is saved us and blessed us with all manners of spiritual blessings and physical blessings in order to transform us to look more like him so that through me he may be a blessing to others and that blessing to others is not so they, only that they will get food to eat 
But that's so a blessing to others within the church setting. All the things we do, a blessing to others, evangelism and missions. The things we give, the money, the substance we give, so that if evangelism and missions will go on in the church, so that we'll have a, a, an abode, so people can gather and do their Sunday school upstairs, so the children can be there. And we need a covering. So everything that is part of the blessing. Our present is always bigger than our yesterday. And our future will forever be better than the present. And that is what he means by saying we are moving from glory to glory. So you, when you think you are holding on to your substance and you don't want to give it. Because you cannot see where to, tomorrow where it will come from. Hey, the thing is, if you realize that the future, what you are doing, you are laying up. You are being a blessing. You will release it. You will release it. You will release it. We are moving from glory to glory. Second Corinthians 3.18. But that leads us to worship with our substance. With confidence. With faith. With hope. Joy. Cheerful heart. So in a, when I'm done, we are going to have an offering time. By that time, you should have prepared your heart. Father, I know that Jesus is the same yesterday. And he is the same now, will be the same tomorrow. He said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. He said, I will bless you. He said, he will make sure that we will get abundantly above all that we have asked for. He said, we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be. He is the same yesterday when we was with the disciples. He's the same today, will be the same tomorrow. For you see, he does not change and time does not change God. Hallelujah. Hmm. And that leads us to worship with our substance with confidence. So as a worshiper, our substance is accepted or rejected when God looks at the heart of the worshiper. So in vain do we worship if we miss pleasing God and having God's acceptance. How then should we worship the Lord with our substance? How then should we? We've talked, this, I'm preparing us, all this Explanation just to get, get us to the frame of mind of understanding. Because when we do not understand what it is we are doing, ah, I know that the Lord will take care. Oh, the Lord will take care. And three days ago, three days ago, three days ago, I, I, I scraped and I scraped and I scraped and I got some money, 500 Ghana cities, to give to somebody to, to go and register, to go and register. I put it on his mobile phone. A few minutes after I had done that, this young man, this young man from the north got a call from somebody who said, oh, brother, the money that has been put in your wallet, have you checked it? There's a lot of things going on. Oh, give me a code. I'm from MTN. Give me a code. I'll check it for you. And he gave him that code. And that 500 Ghana cities were taken out just like that. But you see, I committed that thing to the Lord. Because I was not afraid. I felt sorry for that person. And I was not afraid because I knew the God of yesterday and today, that day. And I know the God of the following day. Well, yesterday, 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 and not knowing that this was going to happen, 
Some people blessed me with nearly 5,000 Ghana cities. Why? Why am I saying that? I'm saying this is the God. This is the God. Let go. Give it. Let go. Give it. Let go. No. And acknowledge who the owner is. Quickly, um, First Chronicles chapter 29. Yours, O Lord. And the things we've talked about, the ownership, the stewardship, knowing who God is and all that. I hope you identify it as we go. Yours, O Lord, or let's say from 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is what? Yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted above all. So that is ownership. David had identified who owns everything, the substance, his substance. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all what? Things. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. All right. So now, with that also comes humility. Humility. So when we are going to worship with our substance, worship that will be acceptable to God. Worship that will be pleasing to God. Worship that he would receive. Because uh, you can't put your money in there. If your heart is not right, and if he does not accept it, then it is foolish, foolish giving. But we're not talking about foolish giving here. We want, we want it to matter, our giving to be to matter. Verse 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give generously as this? In other words, what you are bringing, you are the uh, humility, the opposite of course is pride. So when you're coming and you say, ah, it is the work of my hands that have produced this. It is my ingenuity that has produced this. It is my intelligence to, and my art, the art of, of, uh, of trans doing transactions that has made it possible. Oh, that is all pride. But when you come and you say, Father, oh, I thank you. You have made it possible. You gave me the creative mind. You showed me where to go. You gave me the skill. You gave me the ability. You gave me the knowledge to do my work. So, Lord, this I bring to you. Receive it. Ah, that is what makes God's heart so glad. And then, Remember that you are just passing through. Verse 15. That you are just passing through. We are aliens and strangers in your sight. As well all our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a what? Shadow with a hope. David knew exactly. He didn't know how many days had been ordained for him. But he knows that his days are short. He knew that this world is not mine. I'm just a passing through. And so, Lord, hey, this money, I ain't going to take it with me. It's not going to go anywhere with me. When I die, it's going to remain here. I'm just passing through. He knew that. 
And then, of course, that integrity. And, of course, integrity, we want to shine. Integrity is part of it. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17 with me, please. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. Integrity. You are pleased with integrity. As I bring my, 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 my offering, my substance, you are pleased with integrity. In other words, oh, something that is clean, that is pure, is in other words, <coughs> if you steal money from this church and you say, I've stolen 500, let me take 50 and put it in the offering. <laughs> Excuse me. That is not integrity. 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 And God, these are, these are not hard. Integrity. Integrity. Cain didn't have integrity. Didn't come with integrity. I was counseling this young man couple of some just before Christmas and there was a deal he was going to make and I told him be careful he didn't give me the details of it I said be careful a few weeks later he called he said those people were going to pad put my, uh, 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 like the thing was 50 Ghana they're going to say 500 and the company was going to pay so the balance between the 500 and the 50 will be what 450 will be theirs so then they were going to split and this young man was going to get 800,000 800, Ghana cities and he said reverend I was going to give you 50,000 for your ministry hey <laughs> me, do you think I wouldn't I don't need that 50,000 we will be going to Zwarungu in a few months. You don't think I need that 50,000. But how can I take it? How can I take it? There's no integrity in there. I can't corrupt the ministry. I can't corrupt the ministry. I can't say, Lord, with that I used to buy Bibles. Hey, today you guys are troubling me. I said it was somber. You've been laughing throughout. Hi, stolen money, stolen money, integrity, how you bring, how you get your money, integrity, God is pleased with that, God is pleased with that, there was a management meeting, and this young man, in Tema, went in the meeting, he said to, to all the uh, leaders of the sections, an IT guy, say, I found this, this is the way people are bypassing uh, Vodafone and are getting this and are getting that and are getting that. So, because I've caught this and I put a stop here, I put a stop there, I put a stop there, I have saved the company about 5 million Ghana cities. And this was a small guy. He left the office. One of the managers followed him. Said, you, are you foolish? Are you foolish? Couldn't you have connived with that person and that five million that is not coming to the company, you'll be rich by now. Integrity and must willingly verse 17 with honest it says um, I know my God that you, are, you, you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All this I have given willingly let nobody bring their offering under compulsion. It says willingly bring it. And honest intent, honest intent, honest intent. 
So if you say, I've just lost somebody, let me go quickly run up to the deacons and go and pay my tithes because my mother, where she's lying right now, me, I know something will happen. And when that happens, I know they'll check and see whether my tithes have been, then they'll give me some, then people will come to my funeral, then this, this. Honest intention, you give because you want. <laughs> but Lord, help us because we are all on a journey, right? We are all on a journey. Oh, let me now go and join WMU and I'll pay my tithes for the year. Then as soon as the funeral is over, you delete. <laughs> Must give willing, and then next, next one. Freely and wholeheartedly, verse 9. Look at that. Uh, back to verse 9. The people rejoice at the willing response of their leaders, for they are given freely and wholeheartedly. It's, you see, it is running through. Worship with your substance means giving willingly and freely and with joy. So in conclusion, in conclusion we are saying that in Corinthians the people gave, did all these things. They gave willingly. They gave freely. They saw the need. They knew that they were, they were passing through. They saw a need and they did it. Oh, so it is the same. Luke uh, twelve fifteen. If you give me quickly Luke twelve fifteen, please. Then he said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. That is not what we are about. It is all about using our treasures, our substance to further the kingdom work. So that God has placed you in this local church and you see the needs around. What do you do? Take note of the other passage and look at it. So Genesis 12 2, we read that. Let's read 2 Corinthians 9, 11. 2 Corinthians 9. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. This is uh, generous. This is where, uh, uh, from what we read today. So that you can be generous on every occasion. You'll be made rich. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. When there's a call for building, for the building, for something to be done, this is your opportunity. Do it. And through, as you, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Hallelujah. And then... The rich young ruler was asked to give everything. God doesn't ask us all to go and give everything. No, it depends. This rich uh, young ruler, he was holding on to his substance like there was no tomorrow. And so he needed to give everything so he'll be free. But then Baz gave a field. So he had lands. And he took an acre and went and sold it because there was need in the church. So he went and sold the field and he brought the money. But he came with integrity and he gave all the money. And somebody, a couple sitting there looking at his and all that colleagues that Barnabas got, they thought they can do the same. So they also went and saw the field, but they skimmed the top and brought the rest. But you see, that was not integrity. Hallelujah. They could have said, yes, we got a hundred, but we needed five, so we've taken five. So here's the 95. That would be perfect. But they made it seem like they brought everything. Zacchaeus said, half of my possessions I will give. And I'll give a refund. So, maybe, maybe my brother, my sister. Maybe my brother, my sister. How about you and me? 
Maybe, 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 just maybe, you have a land somewhere. And where that land is right now is where it is the quote dollars to get that land. Maybe that's, that sale of that, that one land can help us to finish everything. Amen. If God, only if God is talking to you, because he doesn't want any compulsion. He must be willingly. But if you want to challenge yourself and say, oh, it shows that I can say true to myself, Dora, I'm not holding on to my substance. I can let it go. Can you sell a piece of land? You have maybe four houses. You can sell one. Is it possible? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or you can make your, when you make your will. I, I need to redo my will. But when I did my, I wrote out my will, I was a first Baptist. And so in my will, I left some money to first Baptist. I don't know how much money I'll, when I am called, I'll leave. It could be 1,000 pe- but the way I've divided it. Oh, stop, stop, stop. The way I've divided it, they can get maybe 50 Ghana. If they get 50, if they get 50 Ghana and they don't like it, it's their palaver. But I'm, and I'm saying, if you are here and you are writing your will, can you put Calvary Baptist Church in there and designate it to evangelism or to the children's department or to something or to something or to something or to something? Because the last time I, I saw on the shroud of a dead corpse, there's no, there are no pockets. And even if you put there are pockets there, there's not, you can put in there. And then finally, I think I can spare two minutes if we look at this, this, I don't know whether he's a Christian or not, but this is the example that God wants us to do, to say, I am not going to hold on to my substance. When I go to bed, I can only, even if my bed is king size, I can only lie here. Let's listen to this man. He is uh, he's very, uh, uh, he encourages me, and I want to move to move to the place where, oh, you want it, take it. You want it, have it. You want, oh, uh, because I'm not holding it. And I see a need in the church and I can do it. I don't want to even come and, somebody to come and beg me plenty before I give. Lives with his wife in an ordinary rental apartment in the city of San Francisco. Yeah. He never wears branded clothing. His glasses are trusted and aged. His watches are functional and unglamorous. He does not have his own car. His primary means of transportation is the bus. And the bag he uses for work is an old plastic bag. But surprisingly, over the course of his life, he has donated more than $8 billion to charitable causes. Who is this man? Well, his name is Chuck Feeney. He's frugal with himself, but generous with others. He likes to make money but does not like to spend it on himself. Through his lifetime, he has contributed $588 million to Cornell University, $125 million to the University of California, and $60 million to Stanford University. Outside of the United States, he spent $1 billion renovating and then building a further seven new universities in Ireland. Incredibly, he also founded a charity fund aimed at providing cleft lip surgery for children in developing countries. More incredibly still, 
Chuck never sought praise for his many contributions. He admirably never revealed his name in association with each donation, but asked for his donations to be made anonymously. Towards the end of his life, Chuck Feeney's selfless and astounding deeds were revealed by the media. When Chuck eventually did face the press and was asked the inevitable question of why did you choose to donate all of your wealth to charity? Chuck Feeney simply smiled and said, People are born naked and then finally die alone. And he continued, No one can carry the wealth and reputation that he himself has been striving for for a lifetime. A reporter asked Chuck Feeney once more, Why did you donate all of your fortunes? Chuck Feeney smiled cheerfully and gave an unbelievable answer beyond anyone's imagination. Because the corpse cover does not have a bag. Chuck Feeney has set an example for the rich all over the world. Two great American tycoons, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, have attempted to adopt his way of thinking and strive to follow in his actions. Think for the people while enjoying life at the same time. Chuck Feeney. Thank you. Let us pray. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. Our substance can take over our lives. Our substance can stop us from being a blessing to others. Our substance can stop us from worshiping in a way that is pleasing to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, today we ask for release. We ask for your grace to help us to be able to dispense with our substance because we know that you are the same yesterday, today, will be that forever. That indeed your word is true when you say we should seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and that you will add unto us all these things that we need. Oh, Father, help us. Help us. Give us understanding. We thank you. We bless your mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.